Welcome to the Bovine Banter with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. My name is Adrian Bergen, and I'm an Extension Veterinarian and Assistant Clinical Professor within the Department of Veterinary and Biomedical Sciences at Penn State University. I would like to welcome Becca Walters from Rainform Farm. She is joining us today to talk about implementing on-farm mastitis diagnostics. Thank you for joining us today, Becca. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role at Rainform Farm. Hi, I'm Becca Walters. I am employed by Reinford Farms as a herdsman, and also I am in a management role um, at the farm as well. I've been here for approximately three and a half years. Great, thank you, Becca. Will you please mention what type of diagnostic methods for clinical mastitis you use on the farm and some of the main advantages and disadvantages that you can seek of, of uh, each of these? Uh, so when we're looking at clinical mastitis cases, uh, we look for visuals, flakes, changes in the milk coloring, um, the udder shape, uh, can the, if there's any redness to the udder. Um, and we do use the CMT um, on the plate to see if we have any gelling. Um, the advantages of this is our cows get milked three times a day. So our milkers are constantly seeing what the milk looks like. Sometimes the disadvantage to that is it's a judgment call. So one guy may say, oh, well, I, I noticed it's different than it was, you know, but another guy may kind of pass that over. So um, the hope is that because it gets seen three times a day, that it gets picked up on rather quickly so that we can essentially get the cow the treatment that she needs um, in a timely manner. Becca, do you guys use any on-farm culturing for clinical mastitis cases or high somatic silicone cows? We do. Um, once we address, um, identify a cow that has what I would call clinical mastitis, um, there's a number of things that happen. One of those being um, the culturing on a quad plate. Um, I take a sample from the cow, whether it be on the carousel uh, before she goes into our hospital or after she goes into the hospital. And that then gets tested on the plate. It goes in the incubator and that helps us identify whether we're dealing with a coliform or a staph strep. And it allows us to take the direction in which we want to treat the cow at that point. It's great. So you mentioned the quadruplates. Would you mind elaborating a little bit on, on what, what those are for the audience that might not be familiar with those? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there, it's a plastic dish, Petri dish, basically, with a medium in it, and it is sectioned into four sections, and one of those sections, um, it would grow kind of anything, um, and then there's one where you've got that'll show just your coliforms, and then there's two other sections where you'll get a staph or a strep growth. Um, I don't get super specific into like when I start culturing them because it, for me and on the farm for, for us, um, it basically helps identify at that point, I can identify, do I need to treat with one medication or the other? Um, or do I need to send that milk sample? Because I should back up in a side note, I do put that milk sample in the freezer as well. So if it doesn't grow anything on my plate, um, a good source is a resource is your veterinarian. Um, we send ours with our veterinarian um, and have it further grown out to see what exactly we're dealing with. Um, so we can pinpoint that instead of just wasting a lot of medicine and having it continually be there. Great, now that's a great approach. So the resource for the producers that wanna implement this type of uh, diagnostic will be their veterinarians? 
Uh, yeah, well, we go veterinarian. We also have gone through um, Penn State. We get our plates through Penn State, and then we've sent um, some milk samples up through Penn State as well. We could do Penn State. Um, same, like, we get all the results that we need. Plus, then we get a good explanation of what we need and where to go from there. Um, and any questions that you have, you can always just reach out, and you guys are always there answering them for us. That's great. I always recommend reaching out with Dr. Hogan, which is our mastitis expert. Thank you. That's great information. So now, would you mind explaining a little bit more about what will be the steps that personnel at the farm will follow to identify and process a cow with mastitis? If we think about the protocol, right? Because you mentioned a few uh, details about the diagnostic, but what will be the actual protocol that they will follow? So when the cows come on to be milked and they're going through the stripping out process, um, they will at that point, if they identify flakes or again, like a change in the milk where it looks more like water than it does milk, they'll put an H, a blue H on the cow's udder. And then we have a hospital pen where those cows get milked separately and they'll put her over in there and they'll put her number up on the board, what quarters they notice the change in and the date. And then that comes back to me. I check that board every day and then I go over and further assess the animal. Um, at that point, it also allows us to get a temperature, um, uh, assess them for any ketosis or anything that might be affecting her body in any other way that's causing her immune system to not be able to fight off the mastite. That's the proper. And if they have one that they feel like is a really bad case, they'll even text my phone with the number so that I can look at her sooner rather than later. Awesome. That's a great protocol. Uh, simple, right? She's always tried to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the line of command. That's great. Now, we, we talk about a little bit about clinical mastitis, right? Stripping and, and seeing the ch conformational changes in the milk. What about uh, subclinical mastitis? Do you guys do any uh, diagnostic method for that? And is, if so, how do you determine which cow to test? Uh, we do... Um, for the subclinical as well, a lot of times the, our first resource is our somatic cell count report. Um, we'll look at cows who are top on that list and go down through or who have made a big jump um, in that from the last time they were tested to this time. And um, we'll go seek that cow out. We'll test her with the CMT. If she gels um, and has that inflammation there, I'll pull a sample at that point as well. And we'll see what we grow. Again, if we don't grow anything, um, I've sent up to Penn State because they have the ability to grow, take it off the plate, take it to the next level. Um, because your cow could just be coming on with a case or have something that you can't grow on your farm. So instead of that cow contributing that high somatic cell count to your tank, it's better to get ahead of it. So that's how we go with subclinical. We also check a temperature too, just to see, because typically if they have any kind of something brewing, then a lot of times they have a temperature. Yeah, no, and when you think about mycoplasmosis, right? <laughs> um, that's that's a big concern when it comes to spreading that disease across it. Spread yes. fast and it's key yeah. to identify those cows, right? Yes, definitely. And get them out of the herd, away from everybody else. Great. So what are the main decisions that having the diagnostics information, so this testing information, allows you to do uh, with regard to cow management in the farm? Well, it allows us to be able to look at that cow's history 
and say, okay, she has been an A, B, C milker as compared to her herd mates in her past lactations. She's milking, you know, hundred pounds or 50 pounds, um, what her history is, what her health looks like, and kind of determine at that point, if she's one who has a somatic cell count, we typically go with a number of five or higher. Um, and that's been consistent like that. A lot of times when you, when you treat an animal, you're, you're not going to get past that. She tends to be chronic. So it does allow us to kind of, before we put a lot of medicine in the cow, we kind of make our decisions based off of what she, her whole picture, her whole body condition, the whole thing. So that does help. Um, it's not cheap to treat cows for mastitis. <laughs> um, other farmers can say the same thing. I mean, it's not cheap. And so you want to make sure when you do it, you're making a good investment and in that, you know, the cow is, is going to make a good recovery. Right. And that links really well to my next question. What is about uh, the economics? How do you put economics? And you sort of briefly mentioned that into making the decision of using the diagnostic test and also what do you to do with that information and what will be uh, some of the main economic advantages that you could think of that this diagnostic testing will give you? Um, it, it definitely, as I said, allows you to treat the cow in a more direct manner. Prior to us doing the on-farm testing, which I would say we've started about two years ago, we would just put the cows in the hospital and they would get treated with, say, Pursue first or um, yeah, one, one of whichever we picked. And then if the cow didn't clear up, she'd get the next medicine. And if she didn't clear up, she'd get the next medicine. Well, so this way, instead of putting all that money into the medicine that may or may not make a difference, you can have a direct route to where you need to go. And in the long run, any testing or any supplies that you use, it definitely is the less, the lesser of the cost than putting all that money into the cow, dumping her milk, because don't forget, you're putting that milk down we we feed it to our calves after it's pasteurized but but you're not making money on that milk so it you definitely there's so many advantages to being able to go more direct um and your treatments and, and and how you handle a situation with like that with a cow plus just a side note if you keep good records moving forward that cow comes back again and again and again you can say oh we treated her five times or four times. It allows you to set a number in your protocol. Like we're only going to treat her three times and then we're not going to do it anymore. So that's also the other piece to that. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that. Definitely when it comes to doing the investment, as you say, Becca, it's, it's costly to treat these cows and some cows might not respond or some cows might be at the end of their cycle. Uh, when you think about station wise or, or, Cows, we are not as proactive as well. Perhaps it's a very economical decision to call those animals instead, right? Yes. Right. Well, this has been great information, <laughs> Becca. Uh, what would be your takeaway message about this topic for our listeners? Um, I would just say that I highly recommend it. The, the extra time that it might take you will save you tons of time in the end and that reaching out to people like Dr. Berrigan at Penn State and any of their help, their knowledge, Dr. Hoving, it is super helpful and it does make a difference. And don't give up if you can't figure out what, what is causing your mastitis. They will help you. Um, 
they are a great resource. And when you have, we've gotten so far in ours since we've started on farm culturing and, and reaching out and getting more information. So whatever you do, don't give up. Just keep going for more and more information. I highly recommend it. Well, I appreciate the promoting component <laughs> there, but I will say that uh, reaching out to your veterinarian uh, is uh, always a great resource, and we always like to work with, with the farm veterinarians as well, and of course, we're always happy to, to help. Thank you so much, Becca, and for talking to us today, and thank you to all our listeners. Uh, if you have any further questions regarding this topic, you can email me at uh, axp779 at psu.edu or give me a call at 814-863-5849. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday, where Rainy Rosemont will be talking with Dr. Van about nutrition and mastitis management. Thank you. <laughs>